the alternative stories and fake realities podcast audio drama poetry fiction you're listening to the alternative stories and fake realities podcast daughter of fire and water by lindsay kroll with Kelsey Griffin, Louis Watson, Peter Forbes and Simone Lowe, and with music by Cameron Mackay. Listeners are advised that this episode contains depictions of peril and threat. If this is likely to upset or offend, please skip this episode. We'll provide a synopsis at the start of episode two. Part one, The Underrealm. My mother is a cruel god, the type that will give one moment and steal away the next. Most of my siblings do not see it. They believe she is all-seeing, all-powerful, but many of them have merged too closely with their animal forms, stags and does, seals and eagles, that they have lost all sense of justice and become blind to the brutality of her whims. Instincts not morality or emotions, now drive them. They have also not had to endure most of their lives imprisoned like I have, to be let out once a year to walk the earth, before being quickly, cruelly drawn back in. Here I watch and serve in darkness, keeping our home warm and our springs full as my mother sleeps. Restless would be an understatement. I wonder if she ever regrets the curse she lay upon me. May Brida, daughter of Kali, of fire and water, be banished to her under-realm contained by her flesh and skin, so that she may only pass from the mountain at the turn of the season, when her power may bless the world anew. So far, I have found no means to break it. I often dream of how I might be freed, of one day destroying the binds of servitude and spending every season in the land of mortals. It is a dream I've had for longer than I can remember. But it's the only thing, beyond my own immortality, that keeps me going during the dark days. Why do you sit like that? Like what? In that stupid position. You look like an idiot, Kernan. And stop playing with your shield. The grating is giving me a headache. And how would you like me to sit, dear sister? Preferably not here at all. I'll never understand how you choose to stay in this endless darkness when you could be outside. You cannot be serious. Have you seen the weather? The storms have been raging for months now. There are frozen rivers everywhere you look. And greenery. Tall pine trees, winter berries and flowers, stretching all the way up the mountain and down the valley. 
How I miss the smells of ash and earth and crisp frost. Or the touch of snow on my skin. You overestimate the appeal. Always greener, so to speak. In this case, that is exactly true. All that's here is granite-walled desolation. Well, desolation suits me. If you don't want to go outside, I would happily take your place. Must we do this again? You could let me inhabit your mind. Just for a day. It's been too long, brother. You really must contain your desperation. Callie is sleeping, but she's not blind. And after what happened last time... I know. Wouldn't you rather wait until spring? I haven't felt cold in years. Lucky you. I wish you'd turn the temperature up in here. The fires are barely embers. I have to conserve my energy for more important things. Like inhabiting your brother's mind. That's different. If you say so. We could make a deal, however. (laughs) Forget it. For heaven's sake, sister, I'm going to freeze my antlers off. If you turn the heat up, you can name the day and I'll... I said no. I'm saving my power. To what end, exactly? That, brother, is my business. I have other plans. If you're going to be so spiteful, I'm not willing to risk that for a day of freedom. Fine. Hold your secrets. But don't come crying to me when you've had your three days of freedom and you want another excursion into the cold. Then I'll just have to make it colder in here, then. You have too much power. You have too much freedom. You don't understand my torment. You don't understand mine. (laughs) Kernan, you really must contain your temper. I know it's spiteful to lower the temperature again, but it frustrates me that Kiernan has so much freedom that he doesn't use. And it's part of my way out of this place, after all, conserving my power until I find the means to escape. Each year, I've been reducing the fires by a fraction, so that over the course of the decades, Mother doesn't notice. While my brother does, I know he won't tell her. Even if he will hold it over me on occasion, he might be the only one that understands my pain. Although his torment is partly self-inflicted. For when he had the full freedom to walk this earth, he could not resist the mortals. Now so many of his offspring live unchecked across the land. Some with unlearned powers, others with strange animalistic tendencies that our mother has restricted his access. Although, unlike my allowed three-day spring outings, he has a six-month window of freedom, wandering in winter and darkness. The curse is that he despises the cold so much that he barely ventures outside anymore. As I said before, my mother is a cruel god. The worst of the freezing winter passes, and it's getting closer to spring. But as the ice melts, the rain comes endlessly, falling until rivers surge. They stretch up to our mountain, threatening to invade our home. 
I watch them weave back and forth, splitting into the earth, from day to night and night to day, imagining what life would be like if I could follow one down to its source. The rain is heavier than in previous years, and it doesn't take long for the encroaching waters to attract the attention of a mortal sailor. An inquisitive mind, skillful on water, setting out on a journey towards the ominous mountain. What stories have they heard about our fortress home? Has our presence been noted? Are we simply a matter of myth and legend by now? Point, I watch the boat twist towards the base and it anchors in a lock beneath the waterfall springs. If it comes just a little closer, I might be able to tempt them under the waterfall into the cavern where I'll be waiting. It's been a long time since I've had the chance to talk to someone outside of my months of isolation. And three days on land, doesn't ever leave me enough time to see people. I'm too busy enjoying my short amount of freedom. After checking Callie's eyes still closed, she's fast asleep in her stone throne at the mountain's peak. I descend the spiral staircase to the bottom level. My legs feel tense. I haven't been down here in a while. The waterfall always feels too close to freedom. I can stand under the water looking out at the otherworldly land beyond, but I'm unable to step further into daylight. I creep across the walls, tiptoeing barefoot on slimy rocks. A fire has gone out down here and there's a sharp chill in the air. So I close my eyes and summon an ember until the room is glowing a faint orange. The warmth feels strange on my skin, prickling with hairs rising. I peer under the waterfall and see a form standing on the deck of the boat. He turns and looks straight towards me. I step back. Has he noticed the fire? Has he seen me? What if he comes close? Will I be able to talk to him? The man peers over the side of the boat and looks straight at me, curiously. Catching my eye. He has the most beautiful eyes. Green like the grass in spring. His hair dark and rugged like the soil of the earth. His broad body 
is wrapped in layers of fur and leather so that he looks almost like a bear. Hello? Is anyone there? Yes. I am here. Are you lost, fair maiden? Come, let me see you better. Do not call me fair maiden. I'm sorry. What shall I call you? Breda. Breda of the Waterfall. Are you lost? <laughs> I'm not lost. Then come out from under there so I may see you better. I cannot. Why? Because I may not leave this mountain. By my mother's decree. Who is your mother to have imposed such a cruel fate? Callie. You might have heard of her. Daughter of Callie. If that is the case, I really must see you better. Wait. This place... It might not be safe for you. I'm willing to take the risk. You must forgive me for calling you fair maiden, for I should have called you a goddess of beauty. You flatter me. I'm not sure I could ever find true words to describe you. But until then... I will flatter as I can. Uh, are all mortals like you? Mortals? Uh, I like to think I am a different sort. I am to be a king of our people. And I hope to lead them to a better life, full of victory and fortune. That is why you have ventured up here. I have heard many stories of this place. I have to see for myself. And are you satisfied by what you found? I could not be more so. I'm glad you came too. It has been some time since I've spoken with a man such as you. It is cruel of your mother to imprison you like this. How has she done it? She cast a curse so that I am bound here. Me, Brida, daughter of Kali, of fire and water, be banished to her under-realm. Contained by her flesh and skin. Contained by her flesh and skin. Contained by her flesh and skin. May Breda, daughter of Kali, of fire and water, be banished to our underrealm, contained by her flesh and skin. I've tried for many years and seasons to find a way to break it. But I have found none. It is a strange curse indeed. What a shame you cannot shed your skin. What do you mean? Uh, oh, I am only struck that it is a cruel detail that you are entrapped by your flesh and skin. For that is something no one can escape. Oh, I'm an idiot. You can't shed your skin, can you? Don't look so afraid. I'm not a snake. <laughs> Good. I'm not fond of reptiles. But there might be another way. Will you return tomorrow? I might have a plan and I think you'll be able to help me. Of course. It would be an honour to serve a goddess such as yourself. <sighs> you have my full gratitude. I do not ask for reward. I would do it only because it is the right thing to do. One final thing. I'll need your flask. Anything. Of course you may have it. Oh, and I believe you have not yet told me your name. 
It's Angus. That is a noble name. Once you have helped me, I will ensure that your people are rewarded. Sister, what mischief are you planning? Oh, stop lurking in the shadows, brother. You look like a demon. Maybe I want to look like a demon. What are you doing with that flask? What does it look like I'm doing? You know fine well nothing from the Underrealm besides Callie's own goblet may touch the spring. Ah, but this is a mortal's flask. It's not from the Underrealm. How in the heavens did you get a mortal's flask? You're not the only one with the wiles of a demigod, brother. I'm flattered. You think I have wiles? Uh, Don't let it go to your head. What are you going to do with that, exactly? Uh, None of your business, Cairnan. I hope you're not planning on putting your faith in whichever mortal gave you that. You should never trust a mortal. Forgive me for not trusting your judgement, brother. Your association with mortals isn't exactly the norm. It won't work. What won't work? Whatever you have planned, it never works. You are not cunning enough, sister. You underestimate my resolve. (laughs) Then come, there is no harm in telling me what trick you have in store. I'm not stupid. I know you would only use something like this as leverage to gain favour with Mother. She won't allow you outside, not until all of your bloodline are gone from the world. And we both know that will take some time. Careful, Breeder, you're playing with fire here. That's the plan. Esperida, you are even more beautiful to behold in the morning light. I wasn't sure you were going to come, that you would keep your promise. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Now tell me your plan. What would you have me do? Here, take this. As soon as I come out from under the waterfall, you must douse me in the water from it, using every last drop. Yes, I can do that. This is important. I need you to not be afraid of me. I will look hideous. That is impossible. You are the most beautiful creature I have ever laid eyes on. For a time I won't be. But I will be once again, if you do as I ask. Of course. You can trust me. Then I'll see you on the other side. My flesh and skin will not contain me. 
has to work. I'm going to be free. I close my eyes and hold my hands across my chest. And then I take in a long, deep breath and hold it. As I let it out, I summon all my energy, every ounce that I have saved all these years, and set in the power to my body, I ignite like a cinder block. <gasps> my clothes burn first, then it reaches my flesh. The pain is it meant torturous. And I question, perhaps too late, if I really am immortal. If even there are limits to my power. I keep the burning going. My skin blisters and bubbles until it's gone entirely. My ears are ringing and I'm aware that I might be screaming. Time seems to go too slowly, but once my power has been used, I take the first step on flayed skeletal legs, barely taking my weight. As the water of the waterfall crashes over my body, it stings into every damaged part like acid. But I'm on the other side. I made it. For a second, I'm aware of the winter sun, bright as quartz in the sky. Then I tumble into the pool. The pain is too much. Everything is dark. Daughter of Fire and Water by Lindsay Kroll. You heard Kelsey Griffin as Breeder, Louis Watson as Angus, Peter Forbes as Kernan, and Simone Lowe as Callie. Music was by Cameron Mackay. Direction, sound design, and soundscapes were by Chris Gregory. Sound effects were from freesound.org. The presenter in this edition has been me, Marie Claire Wood. We would like to thank Lindsay Kroll, Anthea Middleton, Sam Canning and Gillian Bowman for their invaluable help in casting for this drama. Daughter of Fire and Water began as a character origin tale for Lindsay's in-progress young adult fantasy novel, though it morphed into something quite different by the end. She'd like to thank Julie Britannia for prompting her to explore this backstory and Scottish Book Trust for their support over the past year. 
Inspiration also came from the Scottish folklorist Donald Alexander Mackenzie's interpretation of the Kaliak story. If you would like to find out more about Lindsay Kroll and her writing, please visit her website, www.lindsaykroll.co.uk. To find out more about Cameron Mackay and listen to more of his music, please go to cameronmackay.co.uk. We'll print these addresses and links to Lindsay and Cameron's social media in our show notes. Fire and Water is an Alternative Stories 2021 production for the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Part 2 of Daughter of Fire and Water will be out on Friday the 26th of February. Please subscribe to Alternative Stories and Fake Realities in your favourite podcast app to have this and all future editions delivered directly to your podcast feed. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. The presenter has been Marie-Claire Wood. The Alternative Stories and Fake Realities Podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction.